Welcome to the Fit Dad Club podcast. My name is Travis Jones, and I'm here with Jason Barrett for another episode to help the dads out there reclaim their health, their vitality, their energy, everything else. Today, we're going to give you a bit of information about complacency. Um, now, it might not sound like a sexy topic, but we're going to make it sexy. Jace, how are you doing today, mate? Good. I'll take my jumper off uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, and we'll get uh, we'll get get it sexy. But um, no, doing good. Uh, yeah, it's the number number twenty, episode twenty. So um, right. it's crazy to think we've been doing this for twenty weeks so far. So um, yeah, make sure you uh, you leave a rating and review uh, if you've enjoyed any one of the twenty episodes. I'm going to do it at the front of the episode now rather than the end to remind y'all uh, that it does help the podcast out if you do leave a rating and a review or a comment or a question. But um, yeah, I'm doing good. I've, uh, I've switched up my training because I was uh, not, I was getting a bit complacent with the style of training I was doing, um, which is you know, kind of the, co- the topic that we want to broach today. And complacency is, is one of those big traps that dads will fall into, whether they're just starting their fitness journey or whether they're, um, you know, whether they're partway through it, halfway through it, whether they've completed it, and then they end up kind of going Going backwards, right? Complacency is kind of the the issue that strikes at all three of those stages. Mate, I completely agree. I think if we look at we'll look at it at multiple angles today. And I think for anyone listening, if you've started yourself on a fitness journey and then you had a goal, and then halfway through getting that goal, all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, kind of satisfied right now. You know, I'm good. That's essentially what complacency is. Um, to an extent, like you, you, are good enough or you're satisfied, but you don't want to live with satisfaction. It's not like, I think that's an unsexy word. Like, it's not like, I just want a satisfied marriage. You don't want a fucking satisfied marriage. Like no one ever wants a satisfied, you want to like a, a great marriage. You want to have a partner that you engage with. You want to feel like joy when you see your partner, like you want to be like exceptional. That is the, mm. the standard what we want to shoot for. And it's the same as like, oh, I want a satisfactory body because that's what satisfied is. What's what you want a satisfactory? Okay, I'll give you satisfactory. Well, you know, 70% of the population in Australia are pretty much overweight or obese. Um, so what satisfaction? You know, you're just slightly less overweight. Um, you kind of can't keep up with your kids. Um, you know, there's a reason why satisfied satisfied or satisfactory is like the middle option when it's like yeah. a company asks you to rate their services, right? How did we do? Excellent, satisfactory, bad. Like it's Dude. it's not a good option. No, it's not. And yet, so many people are falling into complacency because they're in you know air quotes satisfied um, with mm. their body. And I think it's such a bad thing. And the reason why we get satisfied, we start telling our story, ourselves stories and all the rest of it, and we'll jump into it in a bit. But guys, I just want you to think right now, if you ever said, nah, I don't want to achieve that goal. I'm kind of satisfied with where I'm at. Like this podcast is for you today because mm. we shouldn't be satisfied. Our goal is the top of the mountain. You started climbing up that mountain and then halfway up there, you're like, yeah, kind of satisfied with where I'm at. It was a bit hard. And, and I'm, I'm good now. With this view. Yeah, I'm satisfied with this view. I don't want to feel great. I just want to feel satisfied. And that's not where we want to be because less than 1% of guys who have abs, less 1% of the male population. Now, I'm not saying you can or you want abs, but you can have them if you want. Because so many people, got, people come to me and say, oh, I could never get abs. Mate, I've seen so many people who have said, I can't get abs and I've coached them. And then they've got abs. And they're like, holy shit, the first time I've had abs when I was 50 years old. First time in my life. So, dude, everyone has abs. You're just carrying too much fat. 
like we can get you abs. We need a diet. Sometimes we need to do a reverse diet. We need to diet again, but we can get there. We just need to put a little bit of lean muscle mass on. We need to drop some fat mass and your abs can come out. Now that is a goal. It's an aesthetic based goal, but it's definitely a goal. And to have, to see yourself in peak physical condition, which is having a body fat level where you can actually see that you're carrying muscle mass um, at one point in your life is a good thing for a male. Whether that be ego or not, I don't care. I think it's good to at one point in your life go, yep, I reached peak physical condition. Also, mm-hmm. less than 1% of people have run a marathon. That is another goal. 1% of people. Do you know why they ran a marathon? Because they weren't fucking satisfied. Right? It's like, oh, I wasn't. I'm just like, satisfied people don't run marathons. They have a goal, they run a marathon, then they probably set another goal to run the marathon faster next time. Like, we need to have goals. And it's like, oh, I can squat down to the toilet and stand back up. It's like, oh, that's, that's a satisfactory goal. What about squatting with your body weight on your back? Like, that's another goal. We have to look at the standards in society with our health and fitness and go, no, I like, I, I want to excel. I want to be fit. I want to run fast. I want to be strong. I want to look lean. I want to be a role model for my kids. And that doesn't happen with satisfactory. And that doesn't happen with complacency because what we need, what we are, we're theological beings. That means we're striving we, to get meaning, to get um, well-being. Because instead of using happiness now, the terminology in the positive psychology world is to have well-being. Um, mm. To have well-being, like we need to be achieving and uh, setting goals and achieving them. That gives us meaning in life, okay? Not achieving them and being satisfied does not give you that sense of well-being. It gives you the sense of, I gave up again and I don't follow through with my word. Mm. Growth is the key here. Like if you're not grow, like it, it is a dichotomy. If you're not growing, you're dying. That is um, shown time and time again. It's the same thing with your friend circle, right? The people you surround yourself with, they either lift you up or they tear you down. So if you're not growing in some capacity and growing does mean moving forward, it means setting goals. It means striving for something outside of your comfort zone, right? And that requires you to not be complacent in at least some areas of your life at one time. Like, sure, there are times where some areas you'll have at maintenance and other areas you'll be striving and growing in. That's perfectly fine, right? But as long as you're growing in some capacity in some area, like if you're feeling down, like, you know, I don't want to say depressed, but if you're feeling like down right now, like you're in a down period, like, fuck man, just like, you know, just nothing seems to be going my way. Find an area that you can control, right? I mean, you can control most areas in your life, but find an area that you can control and focus on two or three things to grow that area. Focus on some small goals, some small tangible things that you can do to feel like you're growing and improving in that area right? This is why health and fitness is such a good one because you have so much control over it. You can control your growth. You can control that um, all of the level of energy and effort that you put into it. The problem is too too many people see the long-term vision as, oh, this is going to take so many months. Oh, that's too long. But you've got to break it down into smaller little bite-sized pieces. And I think that's probably the the first place we'll sort of kick off this conversation is the people that sort of get started and the motivation drops off and they get halfway there. They're like, oh, you know, I lost a couple of kilos. It's all right. Um, Yeah, I suppose suppose that'll do, right? I think so, mate. And and it's like they get started. It's like, I want to lose 30 kilos is their goal, for example. Mm -hmm. Let's just say you had a big goal and you want to lose 30 kilos. Now, they've lost the, the first 10 and they're like, well, this was really hard. 
okay, to lose that first 10. And they're like, the and first I'm 10's the, easiest. Yeah, and really the first 10's easiest. And then like I had to change habits. I maybe did less social engagements. I had to wake up earlier. Maybe you went to bed later. You had to <laughs> prioritize your health. So you went to the gym more often. And they're like, do I have it in me to lose the next 20? I'm a third of the way there. But in reality, it's because you're putting a time frame on your fitness. And I think that's the big thing. You're saying, I'm going to achieve just this goal. No, this is one of the goals on the way of your lifetime goal of being the healthiest and fittest you. Fitness and health is an infinite game. There is no end point. It's not like you achieve fitness. Like there, there is no achievement of fitness. You are fit. You are healthy. It keeps you on this planet for longer. And it is infinite until you are finite and you die. And I think the biggest thing with health and fitness is like you, if you're constantly striving to become healthier, to become fitter, to become the best version of you, your life is longer and you're on this planet for a longer period of time. And that's why it's an infinite game. It's not just about losing 10 kilos. It's not just about fine art losing 30 kilos. You know, if that 30 kilos takes you two years instead of six months or one year or whatever, it takes you three years. I don't really care. You're moving forward the whole time without giving up. You're not becoming complacent and we need to chunk it down into the smaller goals. Sometimes we look at the process rather than the outcome because that also helps us and we're just not we just nail the process. We just nail the process. It's like, okay, I do my 10K steps. I do my um, three training sessions a week. I make sure I hit my calories. And if you're feeling like rather than, it's okay to change goals. I think that's a big thing. And when Mm -hmm. I say change goals, change the strategy towards your goal Um, and sometimes change the goals. But if we look at it, I'm going to diet down. I'm going to diet down to achieve this 30 kilo weight loss. And say you're 10 kilos zero, you're 15 kilos um, towards your goal. And you're like, I'm really hungry right now. Now, by going into a maintenance period and eating more calories does not mean that you're changing a goal of losing 30 kilos. It just means that you've changed the strategy slightly to eat some more calories for the next four weeks or to the next eight weeks. So then you can keep strength training, maybe get stronger and understand I'm going to go back into a calorie deficit dieting phase when I feel more uh, mentally sharp because I've had some more calories in eight weeks and I'll probably be stronger for it because I've just fueled my body. Now, I think that's a key thing. It's not becoming complacent and giving up. You can just deviate the strategy based on the obstacle you're currently facing. And then having a coach, we can actually have a conversation with you and tell you either, hey, toughen up, princess, um, or because if you're just complaining and being a victim, or we can go, yep, um, we currently, we're, we're not sleeping as well. Our hunger levels are really high. Our training, we're feeling more fatigued and we're not getting the strength that we're looking for. It's probably time for a maintenance period. So then we can come back and diet harder and achieve the eventual goal. That's why we look at long-term goal. We look at short-term goals and milestones. And then we check in with those milestones on how we're actually going. So then we actually, we don't become complacent. Yeah, you got to be committed in your goal and flexible in your approach, right? Be willing to have that, you know, it's like you're hiking up a mountain and you can see you can see the top of it and you start bush bashing through and you're like, "Oh shit, you know, this is this what path is fucking dangerous, right? There's a snake on that path. All right, I'm going to go the other way slightly, right? You you pivot with new information. It's not an excuse to just deviate and do dumb shit all the time, right? That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is when you're presented with the evidence of the path, right? Because you can say, all right, you know what? If I eat 2,000 calories for six weeks and then I'll eat 1,800 calories for six weeks, then I'll eat 1,600 calories for six weeks and I'll be at my goal based on the da-da-da. It's like, that's, that's, that's not real life. life. And yeah. that, 
that's not that's not life. It's not what happens with in reality. It's not. It doesn't take into account, um, you know, birthdays and events and random social gatherings and things where you know, like you say, yeah, you know what? I'm willing to have a couple of days where I have a few drinks with friends or I um I celebrate something and I'm willing to let this, you know, not be a day that moves forward. Maybe it sets me back one or two days in my progress. I don't go overboard, but that's it, right? It's okay to have those days. But if you're not willing to then be flexible in your approach and say, well, you know, based on that and based on the fact that I haven't been able to get to the gym uh, for as long as I would like my, you know, it, the weather's been, you know, torrential rain for two weeks. I haven't been able to get my steps up. So I'm a little bit lagging behind in terms of my fat loss, being willing to be yeah, flexible in that approach to, to shift what you need to shift in order to continue to get the goal. That's the most valuable um, being adaptable during that time. I think we did a, um, a podcast around that about being able to adapt and being able to um, change your approach as needed. The, the big mindset thing there is for a lot of guys when they get started and they're like, oh yeah, I want to lose 15 kilos. Number one is they struggle with, um, you know, they lose their first sort of eight or nine. Then they almost be like, oh, will I even be able to lose it? If I lose it, will I just put it back on? Oh, I'm just going to save myself from the, um, the pain of not getting to the goal now by writing it off and say, oh yeah, no, I'm good with where I'm at. Check in with yourself. Are you actually good with the amount of weight that you lost? Are you actually good with the amount of progress that you've made? Are you happy with your end result? Oh, yeah, like it's oh, you know, eight kilos lighter than I was. Yeah, but that's not your fucking final goal, right? That's not where you want to be at the end of the day. So you need to check in with yourself and say, no, am I actually satisfied with this? Is this actually something that I want to have as the standard in my life? Or am I just afraid of maybe if I strive and I try and I get there, I don't get there, I fail, I feel like shit, right? That's one side of it. Now, the other side of it is, there's um, two kinds of motivation, right? We're motivated towards something or we're motivated away from pain. We're motivated towards pleasure or away from pain, right? A lot of people, they'll do this in relationships, right? They'll do this in yo-yo dieting. You know, you get a relationship because you don't want to feel alone. So you just, you know, swipe on Tinder and, you know, pick or, you know, eHarmony or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever the dads are using, right? Um, <laughs> or Bumble, whatever, grinder, you do you. But um you swipe and you find the first person that's kind of right. That makes you not feel lonely. And then you have a fling with them and then you're like, Oh, this isn't the fucking right person. And then you get, oh, no, I want to be single again. Oh, I feel lonely. I want to get away from that lonely feeling. Same thing with fitness. Oh, I don't want to feel fat. I don't want to feel fat anymore. I lose that first eight kilos or I even just, some people just buy a fucking program and they'll be like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm being fat anymore. I'm doing a fitness program. You're not doing shit. You're doing absolutely nothing in it. You've bought a program. You're paying people money for peace of mind to to the, this little idea that, oh yeah, I am doing something. You're not, you're really not. So that is the away from motivated people. The people who are motivated by trying to get away from the feeling of, I feel fat, I feel unhealthy, I don't feel good. As soon as you're away from that feeling, everyone has that that point where it's either, five kilos, 10 kilos, a certain weight, whether it's, you know, you, you just particularly hit a, a good couple of gym sessions. You're like, yeah, you know what? I feel fit. I feel good. Um, I, do, I don't feel fat anymore. I'm not at my goal, but I don't feel fat. So I'm going to stop because the fire isn't there anymore because you haven't got a forward facing vision. You've got the, the you know, you run away from the, the fire, right? And then now you're in the streets, but you don't know where to go. You're just kind of wandering around. You're like, oh, well, nowhere really to go. And then because the fire is the only thing you know, you just end up walking back to it and then being like, oh, this is hot and uncomfortable. All right, I'm going to fucking go down the street again. But you never set a destination, right? You always, you know where you want to get away from, but you never know where you want to get to. 
Mate, I completely agree. And I think we look at this, and this is what I actually see with a lot of guys who start coaching with us. Um, there's still like, you know, we change so many lives. And I think there's a percentage of people, and there's Prado's principle reigns true with everything. There's 20% of the guys who get phenomenal results because they end up setting these goals and they just get relentless and ruthless with it. There's 60% that, you know, lose that first 10 to 15 kilos and then sort of fall into a little bit of complacency. And I hope that once they finish coaching, they keep going, but they've got, you know, they're, they're good enough. And then there's 20% of the guys that we coach who, you know, even if you want to, you can, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And I've tried to make people drink before and they end up just drowning. So I think when we look at this, like just forcing their face inside the yeah. hydrant and they're like, ah, uh, it just doesn't work. I've tried this. Um, yeah. But when we look at it, like, it, I would say that nearly every single person that starts coaching with us and nearly every single dad out there that start, and I would say the highest percentage of dads out there, they start with, I don't want to be fat. I feel like shit. I'm not a role, role model for my kids. Um, I've got low confidence. My energy is in the floor. I can't believe I let myself get to this, right? That's the mm -hmm. mindset nearly. I, 90, I would say a high 90 percentages of people who, who are dads who start it it's not like, oh, I want to run a marathon. Like that's not their first goal. Their first goal is literally, I don't want to feel like absolute shit anymore. Um, mm. And then this, because they're in pain. So they use pain as a starting threshold for their motivation. And I think if you, and then they lose the first 10 kilos and they're out of pain now, right? The energy's up a little bit. Their shirts, their gut's not hanging under their shirt. Like mm. you can't see their ass hanging out of their shorts as much anymore. Um, you know, like, you know, they aren't in pain. They don't feel like they, they're not storing as heavily when they're breathing because, you know, they don't have their second chin laying down on their, their throats when they're trying to breathe. Like there's so many things. Like I'm giving That's you visuals. <laughs> yeah. but, but like when we look at it, like, They've lost enough weight to get out of pain. But when you get out of pain, and most people, again, they don't start with us because they're truly passionate about fitness, right? They're doing it because they know they should be doing it. And, that's, and like it's our job to then try and help in, ignite their passion to help them become the best version of them. So we get out of, we move, start with pain with our goals. And we go, yep, this is what gets out of pain. And then you need to have a check-in. Now, if you're doing it by yourself, as Jay said, you have to check in with yourself. It's like, okay, am I out of pain right now? Because as soon as you're out of pain, that's when that a complacency monster literally will start to catch you. And it will grab you and it'll rip you down. And then what happens if you stay with complacency, old habits creep back in and we move back to the lesser version of us. So when we're out of pain, we need to then reignite other goals to get us all the way to pleasure. So it's not like I don't want to be in pain anymore. I want to know what is the best version of me. Okay. And that's literally the pleasure. So what does the best version of me do? Does, can the best version of me, do they train weekly? Why do they train weekly? What does the role model look like? What can I achieve if I put my hundred percent into it? You know what? Like, so we set other goals that are in line with our 30 kilo weight loss goal. If we're referring back to that goal that we talked about earlier, maybe it is running a 10 K maybe it is doing some form of lifting. Maybe it is doing a Herox event or a Spartan race, or maybe it is running doing an Ironman, like, but if you said to someone at the start, like a couple of boys, um, I did the, the Spartan Ultra, it was like an ultra marathon, like 56 kilometers um, with them. If I told them when they first started with us, okay, guys, in a year, we're doing a ultra marathon Spartan race. They would have told me to fuck off. 
right? They said, I can't do that. I won't do that. So you're seeing a goal so far outside their comfort zone that they feel like it's impossible and they would never coach with us whatsoever. So what I had to do is I had to coach them out of pain first. They lost 20, 30 kilos and then they start to feel good. I was like, okay, you start to feel good now. You still got 10 to go. That's like our next goal now, because now you're seeing what is achievable with you. We're going to do a Spartan race and we're going to see where we can go. And by setting a goal, it increases the intensity in our training because what happens in complacency, we start to train a little bit shitter. We, you know, we eat a little bit, um, we snack a little bit more when the kids food, uh, we do a little bit less steps because, and we get a little bit bored with training because training is not our passion. Okay, for people who get started. So if we set this new goal that is a challenge, because that's what we do to become the best um, version of ourselves, like we find challenges and we eat them like fucking energy bars. Um, so we find these challenges, we eat them up, and that's what makes us better. That's what makes us stronger. And that's what pushes us into pleasure. And I crushed this Spartan race with these four dudes that I've coached. And they, they're like, holy shit. Now they're running marathons. Now they're lifting like they're like the epitome of the best version of them with their health and fitness because I have mm. taken the lid off or the the ceiling off what they thought was even possible. And now they know they have this unlimited potential that they're like, I am now motivating everyone around me because I am so far just training towards pleasure that I'm like, what is possible with my health and fitness? And now they do have passion. And it's like, it just starts to carry on. I think that is pain and pleasure when I look at it. Yeah. You've just got to have that form of progression that, that I'm ticking something off every time I do something, I'm moving towards an ultimate goal. Like for me, like without looking at that, I've, I've just switched up my training, as I said at the start, to avoid the complacency trap and to avoid, I was doing a lot of, I would probably call it more bodybuilder style training. My goal was primarily to gain muscle mass right? Like I wanted to, to get bigger, to get, to become a larger human being, more imposing and intimidating to all of the, the suitors that would knock at my door for my daughter. Right. Um, that's, that's, that's the primary goal. And then, um, I went for a run with, uh, with, with Calvin, with my brother-in-law is also a part of the program. Um, and, uh, I was like, Oh, fuck it. I'll just go for it. I'm not a huge runner. Last time I went for a 5k, I, my hip was sore for like four days. Uh, I was like, Oh, fuck it. We'll go for a run. Right. And we went for a run. We did it, 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 like, I think like five, five minute, 40 Ks or something like that. And we did like 3.8 Ks, something like that. Right. Not bad for a person who doesn't run at all, but yeah, probably pretty bad for somebody who calls himself a fit dad. <laughs> and that was kind of the mentality. I was like, right, I've been primarily training to try and gain muscle mass. Right. And I was like, I can kind of, I can do a bit more. Like I, I'm not at the point where I need to specialize so hard that I avoid any kind of cardio um, to gain muscle mass. Like I'm not at the bodybuilder end of the spectrum where it's like, if I, to, if I do 1,000 more steps a day, I'm not going to have enough energy to recover from this bicep session and then my biceps are not going to grow. Um, I was like, I can do more. I can do better. So I was like, I'm going to start just doing, focusing less time in the gym, resting between sets and doing fucking set after set of this same stuff. Smash some stuff together, do a little bit more cardio, do a little bit more metabolic conditioning work. And that stuff has been really motivating me lately. And that simple change or that bit of a shift of a goal um, and even a bit of a shift of the process was enough to kind of get me almost like more energized back in the gym. And now I know every single session, I need to lift at least one more rep or at least, you know, I'll go up one sort of weight set in whatever it is that I'm doing. And as long as I'm doing that a couple of times, uh, you know, per each session across the board, um, I'm going to get fitter. I'm going to get stronger. All of that kind of stuff is going to compound with it. So it's kind of knowing that the 
uh, that, you know, having a coach or having a program or a process that you trust and you know will work. Um, and that comes with either your own knowledge or having a coach obviously to tell you that. Um, but then being able to shift up the, the way that you're doing things sometimes is enough to get you out of that complacency. Cause sometimes you'll be, you might've achieved a goal already. You might've hit that 30 kilo weight loss, but like a lot of guys, you might bounce back from that. Right, you might then start to progress. You might start to go backwards because you're you get complacent with your diet, right? Maybe you get bored of the same foods. You eat keto, and you say you love it, and you love it, and you eat it for a while. I love the man shake. Oh yeah, I could do this for the rest of my life. But then the rest of your life comes along, and you're like, oh, it's like that um, that meatloaf song. It's like I could love you, I could love you to the end of time, but now I'm praying for the end of time so I can end my time with the man shake. Uh, no, no hate against them specifically, but that's all all meal replacement, right? Um, but <laughs> fucking good meatloaf reference i'm gonna just pat myself on the back for that but having that bounce back is Mm. you getting complacent with your diet and you don't you just need to shift up your strategy potentially but a lot of people when they hit their goal then they're like well now what and as you said they don't set that future goal even if they are forward focused like i've got this goal but you just get complacent with your process and complacent with your strategy you're like oh this is sort of getting boring. And that is when you need to look at, maybe I need to switch up my goal. Maybe I need to do something like a powerlifting competition, or I need to just do something different to get me motivated back into training. Because sometimes, yes, we talk about how, you know, you kind of got to get used to doing the boring stuff and the routine because the routine every day is what's going to, you know, give you the best results and what's going to craft you into the best kind of person. Um, but you still need to give yourself the, that element of variety to, to kind of keep your attention yeah. in the game. Mate, I, I, I completely acknowledge and can understand people who become, become complacent because my whole childhood up until a certain age, I think I was like 21, I was training for a reason or for a sport to become stronger, to become fitter, to become faster. And then I would say for a good 15 years, I trained just because, right? I've mm. been training for many decades now. Um, so like, Decades makes like, you sound old. That's, that's like, a long time to train. Oh, fuck yeah, dude, I've been training for like 25 years, which is crazy. Um, so when we look at this, that when I was 14, I'm currently 39. Uh, I turned 39 in a month. And I was like, that means I, I just, first time, I've been training for 25 years. You realize that. Um, so I started training because I was training to get stronger, faster, and fitter for rugby league. And at the start, I was so dedicated to a sport, and that's why I trained. I had all the motivation in the world because I wanted that to become my profession. And then when I turned about 21, 22, um, that wasn't my pursuit anymore. Like other things happened. I was not going to play rugby league. Um, And then I sort of trained. I trained to stay healthy, and I trained because like I should train. But I always sort of yo-yoed. Uh, up and down um, a tad and because I became complacent and I'm like, oh shit, I was complacent. And then I sort of came back. But the last couple of years, um, what I realized was I'm a goal oriented person. Aesthetics actually don't inspire me whatsoever. Um, like as long as I don't feel fat, in inverted commas, like I'm good. But when I start the leanest version, I'm pretty lean at the moment. And I'm like, you know, sort of sitting on an in-body scanner um, at 8% and like I carry a fair bit of muscle mass, like I'm 90 kilos, but I don't even care about my body fat. I don't care at all. All I care about at the moment is hitting 60 kilometers a week of running. All I care about at the moment is how fast I'm running and hitting my training schedule because I want to hit a sub three hour 30 marathon because that was my goal. So mm. and I, I want to hit my Spartan race and I've got an ultra 60K marathon um, at the end of this year. Like I've got these goals that like have 
made me not even focus about my weight anymore. But And it means my training is so on point at the moment. Yeah, I'm still doing the boring stuff, but doing the boring stuff is helping me achieve a goal, which is the peak of my mountain, which is the best version of me. But if all I was doing right now was training for the sake of training to hold my aesthetics, I would be so wishy-washy with showing up to the gym because... I am someone who is a goal achiever. That my personality type is like, I want to achieve, I want to achieve. And I feel like that's like the, a bit of an ADD version of me. Um, that's why I keep shifting as far as like, I want to run and do a spot and then I'm going to do a three. Like I'll keep giving myself these elaborate goals, which will change my training slightly, but it adds variety. It adds focus. It adds that dedication. It adds discipline. Because if I don't do it, then I look like a chump. Um, and again, for me, that's my away motivation, right? So I was like, I need to be a role model. I need to do what I said I'm going to do. Um, and it was even like Jax the other day, um, we were doing some, I was doing some, uh, running training for cross country at his school. And one of the kids was saying, it's like, he was running. I let him run in front of me. He's like, I bet you like, can't catch me on the next lap. And like, I just, you know, we were running like four thirties. I just bumped it up to like a three fifty seven. It was one of the older kids in your school. And I flew around them all. I caught this kid at the front and one of the kids um, said to Jax, he was like, how did your dad do that? And Jax like turned, he was like said to like live heard him. He's like, he goes, how did your dad do that to Jackson? And Jackson's like, that's just what my dad does. Um, and like that in itself, that got just me like in the feels. Me. Yeah, exactly. Like and Jackson, like he crushes it. But like, if we look at it, it's like, that's the way he looks at me. That's just what my dad does. My dad can do anything, right? And I can't do anything, but in his eyes, I can. And I'm sure that if I wasn't as fit or as fast as I am right now, he'd still say that. But it also ingrains in me that that's just what my dad does. Then I need to keep doing it because that's what my dad does. Um, yeah. So it kind of like reaffirms. So I think, guys, always setting towards these pleasure-based goals that allow the monotonous monotony of training to not not to be slightly less monotonous. Um, yeah. I think that that's it at the end of the day. Now, a couple of things I did want to ask you, Jace, it's like, I feel like some people fall into um, complacency out of fear as well. Fear that mm. they can't keep going to achieve the end goal. So that one of those fears fear that, you know, they're friends and this is the shitty fucking thing with, um, dads and guys when they start losing weight they've lost 10 kilos or they lost 15 kilos and they want to lose 30 and their friends start calling them skinny and you've lost too mm. much weight you look like you've lost too much weight have you got a disease and they start talking shit about them um, because it's it, um, it's actually causing the person who's saying it to start to feel insecure about their body so mm. it's easier to say shit about the person losing weight than actually reflect on yourself um so mm. now that but then it gets in their head it's like am i looking too skinny like my guys are like am I, i'm looking skinny it's like dude you're not looking skinny you're looking lean and also at the same time you're currently in the calorie deficit and you carb de you know you're depleted and like once you go into a maintenance you just look full and jacked um so like dude like your friends are not you Okay, mm. tell your friends, because if you had friends who were into training, they'd be telling you that you're crushing it and keep going. So mm. that's like, I think it says a fear standpoint of why people become complacent. What do you reckon? I completely agree. I think it's, um, I, I touched on it slightly earlier, right? Like you get the fear of what if I can't stick it out and then I'll look like a failure, right? And mm. this, this, this is if you want, if you're of um, anything to do with mindset, right? When it comes to fear of failure, it's this is the default correlation. I was, you know, life coach taught life coaching and, and mindset for like five years, right? Probably longer than that. I was running the live events for like 10 years. The 
the link is that fear of failure. It's never actually about failure. It's about what failure means. And it's about feeling not good enough. So if we feel like we failed, if we feel like we haven't achieved our goal, we're going to feel like we're not good enough or we're a piece of shit or whatever language you use in your head. Um, That's the, the real issue. That's the real fear that people need to unpack and be like, well, hang on. Am I actually not good enough as a person, as a human being, if I don't achieve this goal? No. All right. Well, let's let's break it down realistically and logically. I'm just, I'm simply, I'm going on this journey. And if you're committed and if you're like, look, I'm happy to do whatever it takes to get there, then there's no issue. You just need to pivot and change. The problem is that most people don't have the right strategy and they don't have the right people around them to give them the right strategy, right? So that's kind of number one. Yeah, completely agreed. There's the fear of not achieving the goal and then the... um the fallout from that. And oftentimes the fallout from that will come from your, your social circle and your peer group, especially like your workers, like the people that you work with, right? Like one of my clients messaged me. I was, um, I was checking in. I was like, Hey man, how you going? Like, yeah, yeah, going good. Um, uh, was chatting about some of the people that he has around him. And he's like, Oh no, nah, none of none of them, you know, I had a comment from a couple of guys being like, Oh yeah, you know, you look like you're getting, you know, getting pretty skinny. Like, you know, the kind of the ribbing that goes on at a job site. Um, was, he's like, oh, I know that none of them would ever have the mental fortitude to actually follow through on this. It's always just a reflection of where they're at. I was like, fucking love your mindset, bro. Keep it, uh, keep it up. But um, that, that is, that is a, a worry for people. They worry they'll lose their family um the family connection a lot of times this is something i've kind of thought about early on a lot of families get connection via food right oh it's the the sunday roasts or we you know we all get together and we have you know a big meal and there's there's snacks and stuff like that and i realized that um i think it happened with with, uh, my dad early on there was a lot of always like food and snacks and we would love food and snacks as a kid right now there'd be bowl of popcorn or chips or this cool biscuit or this whatever and it would always be about food it would always be focused on food and that was like almost like a connection point right so if you lose that food or if you lose that connection point do you then lose your family by being the first person to sort of to get fit because they want to they it shows that mirror to those people and then they're like going to judge you and it's the same with growing in any area of life right as soon as you do something a little bit out of the norm breaks out of the family pattern it's like who is this person this stranger who's doing this different thing and yeah there's plenty of supportive people but on the same token there are plenty of families that you might be like fuck they're not gonna take me in after this they're not gonna want to you know talk to me as much because i'm threatening to them even though i'm not trying to be that's just their stuff and they're 100 is that fear in people yeah i think Everyone's trying to deal with their own stuff and sometimes people don't deal with it. So they project their stuff onto you. And that's the, that's the unfortunate thing with society. So I think you always have to go, I can't control what other people say, but if you look at that whole Viktor Frankl um, quote that we talked about last week, right? You know, at the end of the day, stimulus and response, you can say anything to do me, you can take anything from me, but I have the power to choose my own feelings and, and weigh in any given circumstance. So you just like anyone saying anything negative whilst you're on a journey, towards you and your journey at the end of the day it's probably a reflection of them nine times out of ten than you um now i think another thing when people fall or the reason people fall or and what happens when people fall into a complacency mindset or a complacency trap is the why i can't mindset and they start justifying reasons why they can't keep going so they go Mm -hmm. i can't keep going because now work is busy i can't keep going um because um i you know, my wife said I'm skinny. I've had a few of that. Um, I can't keep going. Um, but they start to try and justify um, the why I can't. The justifications start to slip in. So if you at the moment is out there and, you know, you, you're starting to think, 
of these why I can't and you'll start to try to stack up reasons why you can't keep going. And they might just be small. It's like why I can't get my steps in today, um, or why I can't get that extra session, why mm -hmm. I can't stick to my nutrition, why I can't track my nutrition this week, because these why I can't actually create a domino effect. And you might only think about something small, but something small that happens a day after the next day becomes more of a habit. And then it keeps going. And this domino effect starts to knock over the larger dominoes. And all of a sudden, you're back to where you started. Or you're shifting mm. in a negative or downwards trajectory rather than an upwards trajectory is what we're trying to achieve. Mm. Yeah, it's, it is such a domino effect, right? Because the more justifications you look for, the more you find right? Yeah. What, you're, what you focus on, we've talked about this in the positive and the negative, right? Your reticular activating system. When you look for something, when you're aware of something, you see it more and more and more. It's like you wake up in the morning and if you want an excuse to not fucking get up and train or do whatever the hard thing is you've <laughs> got to do, it. you'll find it. And then you find like six more that will make it like really, really like, uh, look, me and my wife will often do this. Sometimes we'll justify certain purchases, right? Now we've, we've saved a lot lately. Yeah. Like, this actually be a really good investment long-term for us to get this, you know, coffee machine or, you know, a new piece of cooking or whatever. Like you, you justify it like six different ways. Same thing. In, oh, I did, I did train pretty hard yesterday. Like oh, my legs are pretty sore. Um, you know, I haven't really had that many carbs. You know, but I had a pretty light dinner, so I'm, I'm a bit lightheaded. You know, Jason said sleep was really good for me, so you know, if I just get like a little bit more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's a bit rainy outside. Like, I'd I wouldn't want to, you know, my car to, to slip off the road and have a car accident on the way to the gym. Yeah, I'm staying in. Right? Like, you'll find six or seven different fucking justifications. Good. The more you look for it, the more you find. And it's the same thing with positive, right? Why do I need to get up versus why do I, and why do I need to keep going as opposed to why do I need to stop? So where focus goes, energy flows, results show. We've talked about this. So when it comes to the, the, the little justifications, mm. it's, it, as Trav said, it's a slippery slope. It's like, there's plenty of times where I'll be like, yep, look, I'm like, ooh, that squat felt, I need to fucking rack it and stop right yes. and then do some do some mobility there's there's you know real and then there's like it's almost like it, it, we've talked about this before it's like it's the inner bitch right there's yes. the inner boss is like yeah okay cool you need to stop then it's that oh i mean his squats are pretty hard oh, you could probably stop oh you might as well just go no, don't even come back just go home. yeah like, just go home eat the cheesecake cheesecake yeah. is uh, anabolic Fuck. <laughs> yeah it was like you know if you're if you're in a um bitch is saying talking to you while you're doing that oh my back is a little bit twingy at the moment i shouldn't do the next couple of sets of squats you know boss steps in it's like well if that's the right judgment cool let's do three sets of 20 on the leg press and max that shit out uh, i was mm -hmm. like if you want to take it off your back let's fucking take it off your back and let's blow those legs up legs. <laughs> exactly let's do it um mm -hmm. but it's like your, your your boss can always take over um, if you let it and the more you let it, the more it will take over. And I think if we're also talking about this, if you have a why I can't slip into your head, I need you to double down, over talk that with two why I can's. So if you have a why I can't, you double down, you shut that down straight away and you say straight away to why I can keep doing it, why I can do this. Um, I think another thing people do is they start taking shortcuts and that's also complacency. So when we look at it, when I say taking shortcuts, they're like, normally they were super religious on hitting 10K steps, for example. And then they start doing 9,000. Eh, 1,000 less is okay. Um, or they stop tracking for a little bit, or they'll do one less workout, or they'll walk past their kids. And at the start, they wouldn't have had this, you know, snacked on the leftovers, but they'll grab a couple of nuggets and they'll have a couple of nuggets. Like this is also complacency. 
taking shortcuts. That is complacency. Make sure you're aware of this. It is another, you know, red flag or blue flag or whatever people say these days or blue cap or red flag, whatever it is. I don't know. People are saying they're capped. I don't even understand this social media yeah. jargon these days. To, to cap means to, to be telling a fib, to be exaggerating, to be yeah, telling untruths. So if somebody Thank is you. capping, they are lying. <laughs> Is your, uh, your, your millennial translator. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I can't, I, I can't keep up with it these days, man. I'm too far gone. I've been trying oh, bro, I did a TikTok live and someone was like, um, uh, hey, B- hey, BBG. And I was like, big, beautiful girl? No, uh, it's short for big baby girl. I was like, oh. I was like, I was like, what? Big, big booty? booty guy? Big booty <laughs> yeah, I, was guy. Like, I do, I do uh, hip thrust a lot. Yeah, exactly. You could be a BBG. Yeah, um, that's me. <laughs> but you're capping. you're capping. Yeah, you're capping yourself here. Um, because you're lying to yourself, right? And again, it's mm. a slippery slope. Another thing is they lose focus, right? I, I think mm. this also is complacency. And we did briefly talk about this before. It's like, you don't keep the big picture front of mind. I think this is a big thing to do. I was talking to one of my clients the other day and it was talking about some business stuff and also some health stuff. And he's like, oh, I just need to get my income to this level. Um, as far as his business. And I just like, I need this. I was like, dude, stop talking about what you fucking need. Like, mm. you know, like everyone gets what they need in life. They do. They do. Like if like you need shelter, you'll find shelter. Like you need mm. some food, like you'll find food other than, and then we're, I'm talking about like first world problems. Right. So please yeah. don't come at me at YouTube. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> but like, everyone gets what they need in life. And if not, and you're in Australia, you end up going on the dole and Centrelink and you end up getting what you need anyway, right? There's yeah. government housing and all the rest of it. But very few people shift from needs to wants. It's like, no, you don't need apps. No, you don't need to run a marathon. No, you don't need to make this in level of income. It's like, you fucking want it. And like, we have such a negative stigma around wants. And he was like, that was the, that's the opposite of what I got taught growing up. And what my mom talks, tells my kids, it's like, you know, people who want things in life don't get them. And that means they want too much. It's like, no, dude, you need to tell your kids to want the world. Like if they, they should want everything they want and understand that if they, the bigger the want, the bigger the price they have to pay. Mm. And that's simply it. And it's like, I want some fucking big ass goals because these big ass goals inspire me to be the best version of me because the best version of me can achieve them. And because I want them, this is the sacrifice that has to be paid to do that. And I was like, you need to wake up every single morning and write your wants down. Like, I want to do this. I want this. I want, it's like, spend five minutes, every single one of you out there, guys, right now, spend three to five minutes writing your top five wants in life. The income you want the body you want, the relationship you want, uh, maybe like the health goal that you want, just write it down. Top of mind, If we, the more we focus on what we want, all of a sudden we feel good about doing it. It's like, yeah, I want this. And it reminds us every single morning, top of mind, because then we don't lose picture of the big goal and we don't focus on just what we need no, because you don't need to do 10,000 steps. You don't need to train three or four times a week. You, you don't need mm-hmm. to do that but you want to do that because you want this big ass shit that you want to achieve. Right. And then also I want this stuff. Why? And finish off that last thing in the morning with why do I want it and have Mm. some inspiring shit about why you want. I think that helps us stay laser focused because a lot of us become rather than being black and white, it becomes gray. And in the gray area, that's where complacency starts to slip in. Yeah. If you keep saying I need, I need, I need, 
you're it's going back to language you're lying to yourself yeah. and you're creating that that like because then you can easily justify back the other way right and say well no, you don't need to train right so you're you're almost undermining yourself if you're using that kind of language constantly you're like oh, no, i don't I, I, no i don't need to train oh okay i'll just i'll take that and i was like no I want to train. I have the desire to train. And I understand that the goals that I have and the, the achievements that I want will require a certain level of sacrifice, right? It's like teaching your kids, yeah, you can want whatever you want, right? And I think that's an issue with, uh, in Australia specifically, with tall poppy syndrome, right? Yeah. People will, if you, like, if you get too far above the status quo, um, especially in Australia, people will talk shit about you. They'll try and tear you down. They'll be like, oh, look at this fucking big wig trying to, you know, be better. You think you're better than me? Like that kind of, that attitude is very pervasive in Australia, especially among men, right? They will tear each other down. They'll be like, oh, look at this, you know, look at this wanker with his, you know, what's this 30 year old got to teach me about life, right? Like that kind of stuff. Um, rather than just be like, oh, people are doing that. What the fuck can they want to do, right? In America, it's, a, it's you know, you drive a Lamborghini down the street. People are like, oh, bro, where'd you, what do you do for work? Where'd you get the car, man? <laughs> um, terrible American accent. But Australia, people are like, oh, look at this fucking wanker, right? Like there's, there's such a such a different mentality um and if you have if yeah. you, you you must be ripping people off or you must be yeah. uh like or if yeah. you have Snack if you have abs exactly or if you have abs it's like yeah he doesn't even care about his kids like yeah, people in the no comments life. and the ads yeah, yeah you don't even care about your kids that's why you have abs you live in the gym i was like dude what's what's my body got to do with my me loving my kids i just don't understand sometimes uh but i'm like it's, it's again strange. that's that projection it's that projection yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude. It's like, this is how nothing. I justify not having abs. I <laughs> exactly. And, and to be fair, I love what do you do? Sit on, yeah, you sit on the couch and drink beers and watch footy. How's that fucking loving yeah. your kids? All right, don't yeah, like, don't talk shit to me. You throw yeah, in a microwave I, chicken parmigiana from the fucking servo, and that's their dinner. <laughs> oh yeah, I love my kids. Yeah, it's like like the love the love of your kids has nothing to do with my body. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know why I can't love you? Look at this. Look at this. Look at this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's not a loving person. Um, yeah. So, guys, please, like always, I know it always comes back to language. We come about this so many podcasts. It's because language is is the start and end of nearly everything, right? Like we start to talk negatively, we start to focus negatively, we start to do negative shit. Um, so I think, again, guys, so crucial, not losing focus, focusing on our wants and finding our why, writing it down daily. The last thing I wanted to talk about, dude, is just becoming too repetitive. And I think it's just honing this in because when things do become too repetitive, people can become complacent. And I know we did talk about it because it's because if you're not passionate about something and and a lot of people aren't passionate about training and that means doing the same thing over and over again. Oh, I'm just going to do one more rep on my squats this week. Oh yeah. I can't wait for that. It's like, no, that's not exciting for a lot of people. Um, or one yeah. more kilo. I, I don't understand <laughs> that. As that. I love that shit. I did eight last week. I did nine this week. When it's the final rep, it's like, you feel good. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, so many people, it's not yeah. super motivating for, right? So I think it's going, okay, well, when we look at flow, and you've talked about this before with Nihai, Chi Mi, Senk Mihai, whatever you spell his name or say his close. name, I'm looking at close. It's close, close Pretty, enough. Sorry, Nihai. Nihai, Nihai, whatever you are. He's got knee, high knees, but he's actually Nihai. Uh, so with this. That's a signal for everyone to do high knees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when we're looking at this, he wrote a book called Flow, and it's like, 
when your skill level, when the challenge and your skill level don't meet anymore, if we think the, the, for anyone watching on YouTube, you can understand where my hands are. There is a challenge, there is a skill level. And when they don't meet anymore and your current skill level doesn't meet the challenge, we start to get bored. Okay. And also when the challenge is too high for your current skill level, we start to also procrastinate because we get anxiety. Either one, we procrastinate and procrastination leads to complacency. So what we need to do is we need to try and find, okay, is the challenge too low right now? And if it is, because it's becoming too repetitive and you're starting to become complacent, this is the sign and signal to create a larger challenge, which is the sign to create a pleasure orientated goal. Like that is literally the sign run a marathon, do a weightlifting competition, do a, a high rocks challenge, do a 10K run. It's like, that's when we need to step up the challenge to increase the ability just to keep going and stay focused. And I think that is your complacency trap and how to get out of it, how to see the signs. And that's really, for me, that's all I have today, Jace. What about yourself? No, I think, honestly, that's it. If you recognize the signs and you can get onto yeah. them early, then you like, it's, it, starts, it starts off small but you've mm. got to nip it in the bud. It's like a it's like a new grass growing in your backyard. You've got to find it. You've got to rip out the roots. You can't let it sort of infest because otherwise it'll be a True nightmare to, to, to rip out. Otherwise that'll be your new grass, right? That's why I planted the invasive species as my grass. So I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so it just kills everything else off. But that's that's the, the awareness that you have to have around, number one, what do you actually want to achieve? Number two, are you there yet? And then you've got to be able to, and this is something that most people don't have the ability to do, is take a good hard look at yourself and your progress and your effort and say, am I happy with what I'm doing so far? Am I happy with the current level of results and effort? And if not, what do I need to do to step it up? Or I just need to keep on going. I need to keep on grinding. I need to keep on um, progressing. But those people don't take that five minutes, three minutes, whatever of self-reflection to be like, how am I feeling and progressing towards my goals? How am I going? Let me reset, readjust what I need to and go from there. That's why a coach is valuable. That's why yeah. like a lot of people think, oh, I can find training programs and nutrition stuff online. Yeah, you can. But there's nothing online that's really going to pull you up when you're in a downward spiral from the outside and say, hey, mate, you're actually progressing really well. You're doing well. What's going on? What do we need to adjust? Let's make some changes. Let's do some variety. Let's make a bit of a difference so that you can keep on going you don't get complacent it doesn't become boring and you end up hitting and achieving your goals um from a real person who's actually done that shit before and that's obviously what we do here at the club so uh don't forget to go to fit-dad.club to book in to have a call to uh, we actually have a couple of exciting things coming up which we'll talk about on some future podcasts a uh a, a, a bit of a community thing which would be good if you want to hear about it first, make sure you do um, jump into the Facebook group as well. We've got a free Facebook group for fit dads that you can join, post resources. We post training videos and recipes and all sorts of stuff in there and just like have a good community discussion. It's where we can support you with some of your goals as well. Um, book a call, join the group, rate the podcast, do all of the things that I tell you to do and you'll be laughing. <laughs> exactly. If you do everything JS tells you to do, you'll be a pleasure-seeking missile achieving your goals and never becoming complacent. So, yeah, and also Jason will make you a pleasure-seeking missile. <laughs> exactly. Put that on my fucking bio. <laughs> exactly, mate. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's, uh, today's podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Fit Dad Club podcast. Peace out. Remember, rate, review, and uh, comment and abuse me um, on YouTube. I love it all. Don't worry, guys. See you later.